Welcome to the Happy Whole You Podcast. I'm Anna Marie Frank, your brain health and wellness expert. Here we talk about all things wellness with a focus on how your brain functions. So the daily impact of our physical, nutritional, financial, even spiritual lives, how they impact our brain, including how we navigate all of our relationships on a daily basis, all have a major impact on how our brain functions. So get ready to rewire your biology and your brain because we have a lot of great information ahead. Hey, you guys, we have an amazing guest today, Dr. Kristen Willemere, who is a neuroscientist and research expert in neurobiology and neuroimaging. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology from Boston College. She has her master's degree in psychological science and neurobiology, and then she has a PhD in neurobiology from the University of California. I mean, I have her bio in front of me, and it is just overflowing with amazing accomplishments that, I mean, any one human to accomplish any one of these would be totally rad. She has done all the things. And more recently, she is has served as the director of neuroimaging and clinical research at the Amen Clinics, where she led efforts to utilize imaging technologies to better understand the neurobiological issues that are underlying in psychiatric disorders. And, you know, in this capacity, she oversaw many pioneering studies, including clinical research trial and investigations of the long-term effects of repetitive impacts on the brain. And she led this study working with NFL players and, you know, what a population to work with. They definitely, if you have a child that plays football or you played football, there is repetitive trauma on the brain, even if you are wearing a helmet. She led these studies at the Amen Clinics, and she is widely published and has co-authored over 70 scientific publications that have been peer-reviewed in journals such as the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease, the Journal of Nuclear Medicine. She's, I mean, all the things, you guys, all the things. And she's also been published in research that includes information on traumatic brain injury, post-traumatic stress disorder, autism, biomarkers for suicide, obesity, gender differences in the brain function, clinical outcomes, and brain rehabilitation. So all things that, you know, have to do with the brain, she's been a part of it, not only from like a doctor standpoint, but like she's literally looking at the neurotransmitters and cells in human brains and where the blood is flowing in human brains. I mean, it's pretty rad. (laughs) Ultimately, she is the leading advocate for brain health and wellness and has been on Good Morning America. She's published also in different magazines you've probably heard of, like Marie Claire, Harper's Bazaar Magazine, Shape Magazine, Mind Body Green, and Psychology Today. So you guys... I am excited to share her with you today, and she's going to share her knowledge with us in this book that she wrote called Biohack Your Brain. I'm telling you, read it. It is written so well in a way that you can grasp the tips and the tricks to ultimately boost your brain power, and it is overflowing with knowledge that is backed by science. 
I mean, it's amazing. So you guys, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Kristen Willemere. I am so happy to have you. Thank you, Dr. Anna Marie Frank. It's such a pleasure to be here. How are you this morning? I am so great. And I love that right before we started recording, we were talking about a client of mine who is texting saying happy birthday to him. And the whole reason you and I really connected was through him. I had saw your book, Biohack Your Brain, like literally the day before on LinkedIn and thought, I need to get that book. That book, like, yes, that speaks to me. And the very next day, that book was sitting on my desk as a gift from this client. So divine synchronicity. (laughs) You were meant to have it. And I am so honored. It is in your hands because you are a wise clinician. And I know you will make good use of the information. Oh, yes. And you know, what I love is that your book hits on diet, exercise, hydration, supplements, being optimistic, and cognitive training. So it's Mm -hmm. like hitting on all these pillars that are, you know, drastically going to improve your brain health and really encourages the reader to recognize and grasp that they can grow new brain cells at any age, right? Like we can Mm -hmm. always reprogram our brain. We can, you know, the point in writing the book was really to help empower people to be able to take care of their brain health on their own. Yes, they can come into the clinical setting and work with you or come into our clinic. We can do brain imaging. We've got all kinds of wonderful technologies that we can use to help improve brain function. But what I've learned being in this field for 20 years is we have more power in our own hands by what, how we think every day, you know, how much sleep we get, the kind of foods that we consume or don't consume, the kind of nutrient support that we get. And one of the reasons why I wrote this book is I found in working with patients in the clinical setting that within a very short period of time, I'm talking a six month period of time, those type of changes we can see visibly using functional and electrical neuroimaging. And, you know, for a lot of male clientele, they really appreciate having that visual, like, oh, if I do these 10 things and I do them consistently for a period of six months and I come back, I do a baseline scan and a follow-up and I literally see my brain has changed, that, that is what keeps compliance going for years into decades. And I think It's that piece that I think people would really appreciate knowing, you know, sort of taking the guesswork out of what works, putting those tools in their hands and then watching them grow. Oh gosh. Yes. And when they see it, when they see the scan and I've had my brain scanned, so, you know, I have too. (laughs) I know. Right. It's like, okay. It's like, it's part of the job, right? You, you, you go in, you're like, okay, well, if I'm going to help improve people's brain health, I need to see what my brain looks Mm -hmm. like. So when we have that additional tool of neuroimaging, whether it's electrical or functional, we can use that as a way to tailor and target treatments to our clientele. But truth be told, they're just some universal principles. You don't need to get brain scanned. They're these just great principles and we all hear them. Okay. Eat a clean diet, you know, whole food, plant-based organic. We know that we know we need to exercise. We know we should think more optimistically, 
but I sometimes feel people need what I call the pilot's checklist. So mm-hmm. my father was a pilot. He was a combat helicopter pilot in Vietnam and then a pilot for Pan Am. So I, I use the pilot reference. But when you get into the cockpit, you've got these 10 things we need to check off. So imagine if your patients or my clients have that checklist and they go, oh, I've done A, B, C, D. And then they start to see the change and feel the change and know, wow, when I'm doing these consistently, that is not only helping me to feel better, but it's slowing down brain aging, helping me to think clear, supporting my mood. I feel like that's, that. It's, it's why I wrote this. Yeah. I love that because we actually have more control over our biology than what we are led to believe. <laughs> well, I, it's funny, you and I are contemporaries, we're probably around the same age. And I've been in the field for 20 years. So the initial title of the book was a user's guide to great brain health, everything I wish I knew in my 20s. <laughs> because, you know, the more I learn, and I, here I am in the field, and I'm continually upgrading. So, you know, you and I are telling patients and clients, hey, you've got to do these things, but I'm continually upgrading like the kind of water I drink, how much I drink, the kind of foods I eat, you know, the way I practice intermittent fasting. There are these nuances that I'm still tweaking. And like I said, I have a bunch of degrees. I've looked at brains, thousands of images. And if I'm still upgrading, then I think everybody, I think there's room for all of us (laughs) to keep sort of elevating. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a continuous practice of evolution and, you know, we're just trying to outsmart whoever or whatever created us, right. Thinking we, we've got to get to the bottom of it when really well, we just got to take care of ourselves. <laughs> well, the sort of one of the things that I learned, you know, my initial training was in neurobiology. So I spent 10 years working in a laboratory setting you know, dissecting the brains of rats and mice and understanding why neurons die in Parkinson's disease, actually a young onset form of Parkinson's. And so I worked at the level of the single cell and understanding how neurons communicate with one another or miscommunicate or die. And I started to realize and have a greater appreciation of the fact that the degenerative diseases of aging that we all start to get in our mid sixties, the changes are starting to happen at the cellular level, 10 to 20 years before we have a symptom. And for me, that really hits home just because of my background. And again, if you're looking at cells under a microscope for 10 years straight, you kind of have this love and appreciation for you know neurons and what's going on at the level of the single cell. And you're thinking, wow, I need to have an environment where that cell can grow. And that means it needs clean water and it needs great nutrients and it needs the polyphenols that we're getting from plants and fruits and vegetables. And when we do that, it makes the neurons sprout and grow and make connections with its neighbors and they look beautiful. And when you have foods that have pesticides on them, so I actually used to do some work with pesticides because I worked in the field of Parkinson's, right? You put a pesticide in a dish with some neurons and you watch them explode. I literally watched my neurons explode immediately. And it gave me that visual of what pesticides can do in our brain. So, you know, we talk about eating organic, but, you know, I really think it's important if that's something we do every day over the course of weeks, months, years, that is making a difference Mm -hmm. in our cell health. compound effect. 
become it's that's actually that's the key. Yeah. So if I were to leave anyone with a message here, you know, take the brain health steps that really resonate with you because everybody's going to have different ones that sort of work with them, but practice them consistently over time. That's what's going to slow your brain aging. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. I, I always, when I work with clients and, you know, we come up with like their food sensitivities, right? So they have right. three or four food sensitivities. It's like, listen, you don't have to cut them all out today, right? right. Let's do one for about a week or so. And then add another one that you cut off. And it is that longevity of over time. Like we always overestimate what we can do in, you know, a few months and we underestimate the impact of a year, five years, 10 years, which yes. is what you're talking about of that whole, you know, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and dementia. All these things are starting to happen at a cellular level 10, 20 years before. So yeah. it's like, there's no time like the present, but also do things that, in little baby steps. I call it the add-in method. Every week we I add like a it. tiny little thing, whether it's drinking extra water first thing in the morning or going for yes. a five minute walk, just every week we add one little tiny thing that we can the do. The atomic habits, they call them those just small oh, little yeah. habits. And you can do, when I taught brain-directed weight loss groups, we just did one new thing a week. So then over the course of a 10 week class, or sometimes my class went 34 weeks or literally like I'd go a whole year. I'm like, oh, this class was only supposed to be 10 They're weeks. Like, we don't want I'd, this to end. Don't let I it end. I, honestly, <laughs> I didn't want it to end. And so literally the group just kept going, but it was, here's the one habit we're all going to do together collectively. Let's keep that going for a week. And then we'll add a new one in the next week. And you'll see one of the stories. So I you know, in the book, every chapter has a client story and an NFL story because I work with all these mm -hmm. pro athletes. And one of the stories I feature is a pro athlete. We started working with him in 2009. He was still healthy. In 2017, he gets diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Yeah, Ed. Um, mm -hmm, Big Ed White, who I love, 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 love. And he was such a success story for us. I mean, we, we could still slow down his brain aging, help his cognition, improve his sleep. But all the things that he learned from working with me and working in the groups and coming to the clinic, he still does now, even with Alzheimer's. And you'll see he's got his checklist and yeah. he's really empowered by it. And he's still yeah. living his life, his sort of mission and his purpose, even with a degenerative disease. Mm -hmm. And you know, you read that my father had Parkinson's, which I, I actually feel for him was environmentally induced from potentially Agent Orange, from being in Vietnam and being a firefighter and a pilot, all of the sort of environmental toxins he was exposed to. But he got it later in life. And sometimes we have to learn to live with these things, but we can still have this incredible, vibrant quality of life. And coming from the psychiatric setting, that's always one of our goals, working with our patients. How do we improve your quality of life? Was he a bipolar disorder or psychiatric neurodegenerative disease? You know, it's no brain left behind. We're still going to help you and nurture you through the process and empower you with tools you know will help your brain. And then if you need to see those tools work, we'll image. We'll actually show you through imaging that the things you're doing work. And I think that's what's been so rewarding for me to see and learn as well. Yeah. It's so powerful. I mean, you know, for me, it was about 
ever since high school, I struggled with depression and never, not for like, you couldn't, like, you wouldn't look at my life and say, Oh, you're depressed. Right. Like it's, that's the thing about the brain is you can't look at someone and know what is going on Mm -hmm. in their brain and how their brain is functioning from a fundamental standpoint. And it was about just over 15 years ago, I thought everything was outside of me to help my brain like Mm -hmm. to help me feel happy and whole. And I was going to a psychiatrist and I was put on three medications Mm -hmm. in a 15 minute appointment. And unfortunately, you know, those medications didn't work for me and it actually made my brain worse. And that's where this brain imaging and understanding what brain type you have is so incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's just, it's, that's why I do what I do because of my passion. Cause I had to rewire and heal my own brain. And it was before I knew about any of the stuff that I know about now. And I'm like, geez, okay. Now we can do it even faster. You could do it faster. Technology. You're sort of the target kind of clientele that would come into our clinic. They've failed three previous treatment providers They have an average of four psychiatric diagnoses or four diagnoses, and they're on, you know, several medications and they don't have any hope. So we use the neuroimaging as that additional tool. The one thing that I love to teach people is that we want to break the stigma of mental illness. And it's like, if you're feeling depressed, number one, it's not your fault. It could be in the family lineage. If you have Mm -hmm. a family history of anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, ADHD, it, it travels in family lineages. And then we see it with the neuroimaging. We see the patterns. Mm-hmm. And then based on the, those particular patterns, we know what nutraceuticals work and we know what medications work. So then we take the guesswork out of it. And you and I both know medications, they all have side effects. So you have to do that risk assessment. Like is the benefit worth the risk? And for some people, bipolar patients, absolutely. Yeah, for for sure. some people with depression, Absolutely. But there's this beautiful continuum that we see. And if we can arm you with the dietary and lifestyle choices and maybe some neurofeedback, some right non-pharmacological approaches to help what, as you would say, rewire, just bring the connectivity back to a place where it's stable and efficient, you will have your best brain. And I had, as the director of research, I had to run a formal outcome study on all of our patients. So literally everybody who would come in, I'd, you know, touch base with them at three months, six months, 12 months. So, you know, thousands of patients later, you're finding out, you know, what we do really worked. And it just, again, took the guesswork out like for you and look at you now, you're happy, you're whole, you're happy, whole you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're your best self living a life of joy and sharing that. And it's so beautiful and having voices like yours out there, letting people know we can address these issues and mental health issues. Like I said, they could be family related. They could be from things you're exposed to in your environment and traumas, even traumas you don't realize. From your childhood, you've picked up, you know, just living in a certain family environment. It could be medically related. You could have issues related to the medications you're on. You could be going through hormonal changes, right? Prostate issues for men, menopause and perimenopause for women. And and those all can affect our mood or pain, pain syndromes, right? Then can cause. So I like to sort of open up that window when we're talking about mental health and go, wow, there's all of these things that we can correct and bring back into balance so that they can be 
they're happy whole you. I'm going to like circle it right back to you. (laughs) I love that. And yeah, yeah, and it's so true. It's so true because yeah. And it just all comes back. I do believe yeah, to the environment, whether it's what we're putting in our bodies through nutrition, what we're putting in our bodies through what we're seeing on a regular basis, what we're hearing on a regular basis, all of that is continuously talking to ourselves and impacting how our brain is functioning and how our body's functioning. The self-talk and the negative self-talk that has gone on during the pandemic, right? We're seeing a really uh, sort of a sharp increase in suicides. We're seeing it in kids. Parents don't realize like how challenging the pandemic has been on children. They haven't learned how to be able to communicate their feelings. So we're seeing, and even men who are somewhat reserved and being able to express themselves and communicate openly are really struggling during this time of the pandemic. I mean, thankfully things are opening up. We're here in California. So I still, I still feel like I've been on a lockdown. Yeah. Um, I haven't really had access to the vaccine yet. You know, I'm really sensitive right now to how people are feeling and trying to embrace that piece of brain health, right? Mm-hmm. Our thoughts create our emotions, create our mood. And how do we help people who are socially isolated and not, you know, in their work environment and connecting with their friends and getting a hug? It's easier for women, actually, because we communicate more with our girlfriends, right? It's easy to pick up the phone. Men don't do that as much. They don't pick up the phone and call their guys. They, They go out to sporting events. They, you know, they play sports or they go to a basketball game or they meet their friends at the bar. All that's been cut off for a lot of men. So I've, I've really seen men struggle. Yeah, uh, for sure. I've actually been seeing more and more men come into my center than ever before. And, you know, it, it, and it all goes back to what you were talking about in the book, the sympathetic nervous system and this fight or flight mm-hmm. system. And so many people that is just becoming the normal to be functioning at that in heightened state, which, you know, impacts the hippocampus and memory and all the things. And you do talk about calming that system. So could you share with the listeners what the sympathetic nervous system is and how, how would one know that they're even in that fight or flight response, especially if it's been over a period of time, it might become their new normal. I will, it's so great that you bring this up and I share my own story in the book of how I thought I was normal and I went to go get my brain scanned. Here I am at the Amen Clinics. I'm the research director. And there were areas of my brain that lit up, which are consistent with what we call our post-traumatic stress disorder pattern. So same here, girl. You had it too? Okay. Heightened activity, you know, in the anterior cingulate gyrus, which can cause you to get stuck on things, heightened level in the basal ganglia, which are your anxiety centers and heightened activity in the thalamus. And I have the startle response. So I'm actually somebody who jumps like, and it, but it was just normal for me. So until I had my brain scanned, I did not realize that my brain is just wired to be hypervigilant. Now, Daniel said it was from growing up with a really tough New York mother. Although I, that was just my normal. I grew up in a a sort of a strict, a home with discipline. I'm almost a, you know, a New York disciplinarian, but it probably is what's helped me to get to the place I am today and be very, you know, 
she stressed education and doing well in athletics and really held the bar high. I didn't realize that could manifest in this excessive activity in the anxiety networks of my brain. So to your point and to your question, you know, the sympathetic nervous system, you know, we have the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic. Sympathetic is fight or flight. So when we're sort of on and always ready to go, uh, parasympathetic are rest and digested when, when it's calm. And we want a nice balance between the two. Like sometimes we need to be on and sometimes we need to be calm. What we found in the clinical setting is most people are on all the time. And when your parasymp- when your sympathetic nervous system is on, you've got this release of cortisol, you know, from the adrenal glands, continual release of cortisol. Again, it's good for keeping us energized, right? And keeping us focused, but we don't want that switch on all the time because the hippocampus, the area of the brain involved in learning and memory has some of the highest numbers of glucocorticoid receptors. So the cortisol binds to those receptors, can shrink our hippocampus. So we need that for storage of our long-term memories. It's one of the things we're looking at people who have aging brains. We can do an MRI looking at hippocampal volume. If that volume is shrinking, like we see in patients with dementia, we know they're going to have serious problems with their memory. So in an effort to protect our memory centers, we should all think about finding ways to calm our sympathetic nervous system down. And, you know, you're asking about symptoms. I mean, it really, really could just be excessive worry, a little bit of anxiety, having a startle response, you know, having trouble sleeping. You know, if you have insomnia or sleeping difficulties, it might suggest that you're sort of on all the time. So we want to learn ways to calm our brain down. I used, a, for, for me personally, I use nutraceuticals to help calm it down. Magnesium and GABA are wonderful to just, again, they yeah, increase, they bind to the GABA receptors in the brain and help to calm, sort of bring calm and ease. But for a lot of people, they may not know about nutraceuticals or even omega-3 fatty acids can be very helpful, right? At calming the brain down because it helps the omega-3s keep the cell membranes of the neurons fluid and they help the receptors to function more efficiently. So anybody who has a mood issue, we're going to put them on omega-3s. But I also used acupuncture as a way to calm because I knew I needed a non-pharmacological approach, but I needed something more than me trying to change my thoughts or somehow control my, my worry or my anxiety or my hypervigilance. It just, I couldn't do it alone. So I needed that. We've got things like neurofeedback, which again is, is like a biofeedback for the brain. It can help to calm those circuits down. So that's what I did. And I think a lot of people, you can do Epsom salt baths. I mean, there's lavender essential oils. There's all kinds of tools and things we have, but to your point, during the pandemic, I think a lot of people probably have this sort of heightened stress response that's on. And it's our role to help encourage people to maybe think about, oh, what ways can I do to calm my brain? And you can do it through exercise as well. Exercise is calming and yoga and Tai Chi and meditation. But again, for those of us who are sort of wired this way, we may need stronger approaches. And that's where the acupuncture and the neurofeedback and, and the, even the supplements, because the supplements are very 
What I love about using nutraceuticals is they are, they're not the sledgehammer approach that a drug might be. Like yeah, you have a Pentin exactly. or a Neurontin or a Pensodiazepine. So if you can't get to sleep, some people take a Xanax or, you know, an Ambien, something to really knock them out, but that's not going to actually get you the restful restorative sleep you need. Nutraceuticals and supplements can help. They won't interfere with your sleep architecture during the night. So you can get to sleep. It'll calm your brain enough to get to sleep. You get the restorative sleep. You wake up refreshed. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I uh, just came out with my brain nutraceutical line in October. <gasps> Congratulations. And, oh, I have to take yes. a look. I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you. And one of the products that I formulated was is called Calm You. Tell and me. we literally, I have two bottles left and my shipment is on its way because that is a thing is clients that have gone on Calm You, they do not want to be without it because it's it's so helpful. And it has, it has the GABA in it. It has the B vitamin uh, B6 mm -hmm. in it. It has lemon balm extract, holy basil love, extract. Love. Um, yeah. And then it has magnesium malate, which is a calming magnesium and then magnesium yes. threonate, which crosses the blood yes. brain barrier. It Amazing. sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It, I will tell you when, after I got my brain scanned and I saw the way it was wired, I started doing just GABA, you know, 500 milligrams to a thousand milligrams in the mornings before mm -hmm. I left work for work. And I do it in the evenings along with the magnesium. And I found you can work, you know, and think clearly. So it's yeah. not, you know, such a hard hit that you can't focus, but it's this perfect level of focus because you've now calmed your nervous system down. And it's, I think, you know, me personally, I think everybody would do well taking the formula you just recommended. Yeah, it's, I, yeah in 2021, for sure, everybody. <laughs> no, I, I, and I say that in all honesty, because, you know, having been the director of nutrition and nutraceuticals, I helped with the formulation of our products and then tested their efficacy using brain imaging technology. And the one thing that I loved about GABA. So we have a GABA with the lemon balm, you know, we've used valerian, you know, all the B6, B12, magnesium. Uh, what I found is everybody could use that. It really doesn't have contraindications with medications, you know, so GABA and lemon balm are some of the best things we can just have in our arsenal that we use yeah. every single day. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you know, like like you think of lemon balm I mean that's been around for thousands of years right so it's just love that it's like, like you don't need to reinvent right? the wheel it's already been right? here and your body knows how to use it naturally and it's not mm -hmm. going to be hard on the liver and it's not going right. to interfere with your sleep cycles and now more than ever that product used before bed you know you take it probably 30 minutes before you go to sleep is going to improve the quality of your sleep we know during sleep it's going to help us not only clear abnormally folded toxins from the brain, you know, take all of those wonderful things we've learned during the day and put it into our long-term memory, but it helps us with our emotional regulation. Mm -hmm. And people don't real, I don't think a lot of people realize that we learn how to sort of process the things that we see and feel and hear during the day while we sleep. Yeah. So to take our sleep quality to a deeper level, having that particular product is going to help people do that so that they can have better emotional regulation. And I, I feel healthy emotional regulation is the key to a happy life. Oh, 
Hands down, for sure, for sure. I have a question. So since you had the anterior cingulate gyrus, yep. you had the the basal ganglia, all the fun things that I had. Yes. So when the when we were talking about it and she's telling me this, I'm like, well, this is why I'm I like am successful and driven and and, and you know, yes. sure, right? And then, but then it made me realize I was like okay, so if I start taking this stuff, am I going to lose my edge? Like, did you have that feeling? At all? So here's, so I'll, I'll teach you. Here's a cool teaching moment. Um, I didn't. So here's why it's that wiring isn't bad if it's not impacting your life in a negative way. So yeah, when, very- we see that, when we see the anxiety centers, that can either be somebody who worries too much and maybe the inner critic dial is sort of turned a little too high and you might be really, really hard on yourself, but that could help motivate you to be right. the best that you can be. So I feel that, you know, my brain being wired that way, just like you is probably what drives me a perfectionist and I'm sure you are too. And it's just, it's, you're always achieving and trying to do the best you can and worrying that you haven't done enough. And what more can I do? And I need to stay up late to make sure I, you know, get through medical school and, you know, it's, it's on and on and on. So yes, that can be helpful. And I'm just going to go to this point about people with bipolar disorder. So imagine there's a lot of people out there that have bipolar issues. My godfather is bipolar. So I know it not just for being in the clinical setting, but just on a personal level, I literally talk to him every day and every night. So I've seen, I've seen how the crazy life ride that he's gone on with this disorder. But, you know, we always used to teach people, you can have bipolar disorder and live an extraordinary life and use some of the benefits of that unique way that your brain is wired. Because you'll ask somebody who's bipolar when they're in their manic phase, they are on fire. I mean, you've got CEOs that have this kind of brain. They can be really creative. When they get into that depressed phase, it's really hard. So we have to help them manage life. But I don't see the wiring of your brain. I always just look for how can we take what it looks like and find the positive in it. Mm -hmm. If you looked at your brain scan, saw that you had that pattern and go, wow, you know, I have all the symptoms associated with PTSD. I have the nightmares, right? I have, I can't sleep. I'm irritable. I'm hypervigilant. I'm anxious all the time. Well, then it would be a problem, but it doesn't sound like that's you. For you, it's just, you realize that's the way it is. Maybe we calm some of the areas down and we see how it applies to your life. And that's, I think that's where you have to just take the brain imaging data and make sure you're really connecting it with where the person is at in their life and their perceptions. Because mm-hmm. it's life is also about how we, the lens through which we perceive things. Now, you know, I'm a fairly young person and both of my parents have passed and I'm an only child. And I'll tell people I could be a really sad person and I could wake up every day grieving that my parents aren't here, but I've chosen to always look forward and find the gifts. And it's a mindset that you cultivate. And I think cultivating a, it's not just a positive mindset. It's just understanding we're all human. Life is going to throw us curveballs all the time. And it's like being the, the Dalai Lama or having sort of that Buddhist philosophy, like stay calm in the center of the storm, right? You're in the the center of the world, the, the whirlwind, the global pandemic, right? Yeah. People are dying. Like the news is throwing all of these things mm-hmm. at you every day. 
how do you stay calm and balanced? And I think if you were to ask me, what's the key to life? The key to life is finding your ability to be able to regulate your emotions, learn how to not be reactive to things, learn how to take a beat to process, learn how to think about how it's impacting your life, ways that you can improve. And I know I've gone off on a tangent from your initial question, but it's like so relevant because I'm also wanting to just share and make this accessible to people. Like we don't ever have to be afraid. You go and get scanned and you see your brain is one way and you don't, you're like, wow, if I change it, am I going to change me? And it's like, no, let's look at how the way that wiring is, is serving you. And And how is the way that wiring not serving you? And then let's make the modifications in a way that's going to give you your best outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so one thing that really helped me, and I talk about this in my book is there's a certain push that I call it the inner bully in your brain. There's a certain Uh push that it gives you to achieve, to be successful. But what I learned is when that achieving and that success comes at the expense of your own health and well-being and it becomes destructive that's where it's like i have to shift in my brain and be like come on right like like you need to step back because this is too much that's and good that's reflection that's mm-hmm. actually you're showing good skills the ability to sort of go back and self-reflect and go okay don't need to do this as much yeah. i remember before i got in the field of psychiatry, I was a worrier. And when my girlfriends is like, you worry too much, you need to put your worry. They would say, take an hour out of the day or half an hour out of the day. And that's when you worry. And I'm this sort of analytical thinker. And I'm like, that doesn't really make sense. Wait, I'm supposed to just go through my whole day. And then I schedule worry in from like (laughs) six to six 30. Like that sounds really weird to me, but that could be you know, now that I've been in psychiatry, I understand why somebody would say that, like, don't spend your whole day ruminating on things that aren't working. But I actually, I actually have a theory, you know how, and I know you know this, right? A lot of our thoughts, they say 70% of our thoughts are negative, right? Mm-hmm. 30% are positive. I would actually say we're just thinking beings and we're strategizing. So I think maybe I want to think about instead of ruminating on bad things, it's our brain going, how do we strategize out of this? How do we, you know, instead of being scared by the pandemic, you go, okay, we're going through the pandemic. How do I get through this in the most successful way? So I like to teach people to not worry about things as much as I'm getting older. I'm realizing worry doesn't really serve me, but if I sort of constructively take the things that bother me and I find proactive ways to handle them or when I'm overwhelmed, like I'm on a book tour, I'm in the middle of, a, I have a lot of stuff coming at me. I've learned to just say, Hey, I can only do one thing at a time instead of worrying about it. I'm just like, I've got to let the other stuff fall away and it'll always get fixed. So yeah, learning and you're learning it. And I, I feel like it comes with age. It's like the wisdom. Absolutely. For sure. That comes with age. Your your younger self who is depressed may have had a harder time doing that, mm-hmm. but your older, wiser self who's had her brain scanned and now mm-hmm. actually has an understanding, oh, this is my wiring. Here are the things I can do. Now you have a handle on it. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's so empowering. It's the most extraordinary thing. I'll, I'll tell you back when I was in graduate school and I was, you know, we'd work in the lab till 10, 11, 12 at night. And I was always worrying. 
I, I just was, you know, there's always something like on my plate that we have to do. That's when I actually started to learn to do acupuncture. And I'd, there was a little clinic school in Los Angeles called Emperor's Clinic. And it was right down the street from where I live. So it made it really easy. So I'd leave the lab, I'd leave UCLA and I'd make evening appointments, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. And I'd go in and I literally tell that I would instruct the acupuncturist. I go, <laughs> I literally said, just put points in my head. I go, whatever you do, just do it around my head. And what I found that was fascinating is, so they do the points. I get real sleepy. I'd go home and I'd literally go right to bed. Uh, I'd start walking into the acupuncture clinic without having the points done. And my body would immediately relax. Yeah. And I learned, I was like, wow, this is like, this is fascinating to me. This is when I started to learn we can change our brain and our brains can learn. And my brain already learned how to relax through walking in through the clinic doors without a single needle going into my body. I'd get on the table and I'd be out, I'd be asleep before they started putting needles in. So, and I'm sharing this with you because I know you'll appreciate it. And I hope that people listening will appreciate we you know, we have a lot more power in sort of these natural approaches. You know, I didn't need to go and get a medication to calm my brain. I didn't really need it, but some people might think I can't turn my brain off, right? Mm -hmm. It's the pandemic. It's COVID. I'm terrified. I'm terrified to walk out and be around people. I mean, I have a concern that it's going to take time to be, for people to really be social again and for young people to date. And what is that? going to be like for people. So them listening here and going, I can get the supplement that you carry, or I can get GABA, or I can go do some acupuncture. These things will work and it'll help to balance that sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. So you feel calmer, more relaxed, happier. It all ties back, right? Into just having a happy, healthy whole you. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I think it's important too, you know, we all know about like placebo effects, right? Mm-hmm. And right now there's a lot of the nocebo effect going on, right? You right. turn on the news, you're hearing all this negative stuff. And so it's like already putting you in that heightened state. Subconsciously. So mm-hmm. every the one thing I love to teach people, and we sort of have this rule in my house, my husband's learned like no commercials play. I literally mute commercials. So I don't yeah. have any. <laughs> sort of negative things, but I'm so, I'm very cognizant of what I'm hearing, actually what I read and what I hear, because I know all of it is not going just into my my conscious mind processing it, but it's feeding the subconscious mind, which is really directing our life. I I, I will share a story. My mom used to fall asleep with the news on all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'd come into her room and turn her television off, you know, and I'm hearing what's on there. I'm like, this yeah. is going into her brain right? while yeah. she's sleeping. No. So for all of the people who are listening, who are still feeling a little fearful about the pandemic, like don't listen to it through the yeah. news. These people's, well, even, you know, I think it's actually better to read it because we're not as emotionally charged as when we hear it. Cause we tune into the frequency of people's voices, we see it, we connect emotionally. Reading it on a page is a little, it disconnects it emotionally so we don't have to take it in 
in such a strong, powerful way. I mean, I think it's great to be knowledgeable, so people need to read the news, but I also feel to protect our mental health at this time, being really smart and understanding that every single thing that we hear from what our parents say to what our friends say, that's why being careful who you're friends with and Mm -hmm. what are they planting into the garden of your mind? Yeah, that's such great advice. Yeah, read it, read it to stay in tune versus watching it because you're right, like you tune into someone's frequency, you look at their nonverbals, what they're mm-hmm. saying, the tone of their voice, all of it is it's really powerful. Hey, and- I, I cry at the ASPCA commercials with <laughs> the dog. I mean, I, yeah, am, yeah. it is, it, I don't know if I'd be a great actress because I just like <laughs> cry on cue. I was like, oh my God, I start hearing the song in the arms of the angels, right? I'm, I'm looking at the dogs. We've got our rescue dog. I'm in tears and it, it is, it affects me emotionally. And I can't even handle that. And imagine, you know, women are really emotionally attuned. I mean, you Mm -hmm. probably saw, we we published a paper looking at the difference between male and female brains, 46,000 scans. Women's brains are emotional centers are more lit up than the Mm -hmm. male brain. And we have higher incidence of anxiety and depression. So for us, we're just a little bit more emotionally tuned in. Mm-hmm. So we need to either, I, I have somebody who I love hearing the news from and the way he presents it. He's such a kind, warm journalist, mm-hmm. a thoughtful, caring man. So I can hear anything he says and take it in the right light. And it doesn't impact my body emotionally. I can hear the worst news from him, but yeah. there's something about who he is that makes it really palatable. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, I can do, I can do this. If he, he filters it for it. you a little bit. Before. It's the right. Yeah. And so you know, sometimes I tell people just find your person, find your person who you can hear the news from that doesn't make it feel heavy and dark. Um, yeah. And I, th- I think it's really important now. I, I do now more than ever how we consume information and, you know, social media is the same thing. I, I'm more of a contemporary of yours. I'm not on it as much as the younger generation, but there's a lot of, they're feeding their minds with a lot of information that I think I don't know if it's really serving their highest and best. So that's (laughs) for sure. And it's, it's so important to just be, I think it's bringing awareness to all this too. And like you were saying earlier about the acupuncturists, you know, you you created this neuro association with going there and it's like, okay, you didn't even need to stick me with the needles and I'm already feeling this. And I think it's important for people to recognize the opposite of that. Right. So if you are super stressed out and you're watching the news and it's making you more heightened and your spouse gets home from work and you're watching yes. five o'clock news every day. And then they come home at five 30. You it's important to be aware of where you're at emotionally because do that enough times and you can start associating your spouse with stress and they didn't it's do a, anything. They just showed great, up at work. <laughs> that's a great point. So what you do is you then find your nighttime rituals to unwind Mm -hmm. from that. So you're right. You don't want to tether your husband to that. So, you know, when he walks through the door, have whatever positive thing on or whatever fun show you like. I mean, Hey, we girls always have our fun show, right? Yeah. My, my my favorite on Netflix is now is called call my, I think it's called call my agent. It's it's in French. So I watch it to learn French, right? So I'm actually learning and listening. I'm totally entertained. So if I need something to just pop me out of a stressful mood, I'll just, I'll put it on my phone and, you know, watch an episode. 
I mean, instantaneously, like it's a mood (laughs) shift. So sometimes it's just going, okay, if I have to watch this news, what is the thing that's going to cause my mood shift? Or, you know, I'm the person that does the Epsom salt baths at night and I'll bring magazines and, you know, and I'm just sitting there relaxing because I know it's going to help all the magnesium or you could even do dead sea salts, you know, having those rituals. I feel like women really need them. That self-care piece. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, learning, learning how to find, I just, I'm always like putting the fun in my day because we work, (laughs) you work hard. I work hard. We all work hard. There's moms out there who are working 24 seven with their kids, their kids, their husbands, their dogs. So Mm -hmm. what, thing are you doing for yourself today to bring you some joy? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so important. Uh, yeah. When I get overwhelmed, cause sometimes I'll just, I'm working seven days a week and my husband's like, you don't stop, like put the computer. Mm-hmm. He'll literally like shut the computer down. Cause I'm also always writing. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, write manuscripts and grants. And so I kind of feel like my brain never shuts off and I have to stop and go, Oh, okay. What fun thing am I going to do? What yeah. friend am I going to call? What magazine am I going to pick up and read? What cool new book am I going to get? Am I going to try, you know, Pilates or, you know, I just met a new friend who's doing, you know, online spin classes and it just, it's a whole bunch of women who are, so yeah. what fun new thing are you going to do yeah. today? That's yeah. Which is always great for your brain too, right? It's, Every time it's, we do something new, it grows our brain. So well, it's like fi- finding something fun. Like we're in Palm Springs right now. We got a home out here during coronavirus and at night it's like pitch black. I mean, it's really quiet. So I look up at the stars like, oh, there's all the constellations. I'm like, yeah. I want to learn them all. I want to get the program. I just was like inspired. So that it's like when you were a child, remember we were so like, curious about the world and learning new things. When I tell people, okay, learn new things. It's literally like, learn whatever is, you know, engaging to you, learning how to do a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do your learn about it, right? Get the right lighting, get the best microphones, right? Learn the great content. It's, there's so many cool things that we can be doing right now. Okay. Now I've just shifted totally into new. (laughs) How how great. I think this is, like the perfect thing to end on. It's like everybody take time to bring joy to your life, to find something that is new that you really like to do. And maybe you decide, Oh, I don't really care for this, but then you move on to the next thing and really pay attention to what you're consuming beyond just what you're putting in your body, but what you're listening to and hearing. And I mean, all of these things are so important. And Everybody, you need to get biohack your brain because this is such a great tool to just really look at, you know, Kristen does a great job of saying, okay, this is the brain. This is how the brain functions. And then these are some things to put in the brain and what to do. And it's like, it's so easy to read, but so impactful and so educational and powerful. So it's like, if you want to grow your brain, just read the book <laughs> and then you'll get all these good hit, the tips. I, I'm, I'm so happy you said that because I wanted to make it really user friendly and fun and connected because the brain, you know, nobody yeah. wants to read a stuffy neuroscience packed. <laughs> right. Book. I'm like, it's got all of that in there. You know, there all the references are there if you want the fun studies, yeah. you know, you can, they're all in there in the back, but it's, I wanted it to be really fun and connected. 
I, I, I'm so happy that yeah. you loved it. And so we just great. want people to have really great brains and you can. Right. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, is every time we improve our brain, if you are a parent, a grandparent, you, I mean, this just helps the next generation. I've already seen it with my kids. I see it with clients that I have. Once they start to have a brain that starts shifting, it's interesting how when we start healing ourselves, how the people around us can start to heal. It's a beautiful ripple effect. Ripple effect. That's yeah. exactly it. It's the ripple effect. It works. And you know, the great thing, and we can end on this. What I've learned is you can be the leader of brain health in your family. You don't even have to just be the example and watch how the other people will just start to do it. So it's like you empower yourself and make the changes, make the changes that feel fun. Like I made this so you, you can start wherever you want. There's a whole bunch of changes that you can make. I'm so happy you like it. Like that makes really, it's just as much as my heart makes me so happy. Oh, I love it. I actually, I have the book and I have the audible because it's, it's like one of those things that I can like let my kids listen to when we're in the car as Yay! well. You know, we're talking about I all the things you. that we want to eat walnuts and blueberries and the who eats the, you know, and it's just like a good conversation to have. And so, it's, you know, what's so cool about blueberries, I'll leave on this fun fact because it's so extraordinary. So Harvard did a 20 year dietary study you know, just looking at what people ate and found those who had blueberries or strawberries two to three times a week, slowed brain aging by two and a half years. So imagine one cup of blueberries twice a week. Now you have, but it's, you have to do it consistently. So when I put the things in there, I didn't write it like that, but you have to do these consistently over time. But imagine that's protecting your neurons from Mm -hmm. dying. We need them. Every neuron is precious. We lose about 85,000 of them per day. That's something a lot of people don't know. So these habits matter. And I'm so thrilled that you're enjoying the book and loving it. And I'm just, it's such an honor to be here with you. And you make me happy, by the way. Like, I'm smiling, you're glowing. I'm seeing happy whole you. It's subliminally like going into my brain. I feel like I need to have like happy brain behind me. I'm just, <laughs> it's working. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Oh, all the things. Yay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. And I'm excited to, you know, spread this out into the world and let other people hear this and everybody grab the book. I'm going to add the links in the show notes so you can, you know, pick up this book or get it online and yeah, get reading everybody. Cause it's amazing. So oh, thank just, you, Dr. Kristen so much. And, thank um, you, Dr. Anna Marie Frank. <laughs> <laughs> and I will definitely stay in touch. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I would love that. And just wishing you all the best and so happy to see you just thriving on your brain health journey. You're amazing. Thanks for joining us today, you guys, on this Happy Whole You podcast. We are so stoked that you are listening. And if you have questions or want to reach out to us, you can always email us at info at happyholeyou.com. And you know where to find us at Happy Whole You on Facebook and at Happy Whole You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day. Have a great week. And we will see you soon.